Okay, we know about the mindset. Everybody talks about it. And right now people are talking about it more. You need to have that mindset. But the mindset does not work if your environment is not supporting. So the third part of law of attraction is first is mindset, second is destiny, and the third is your surroundings, your environment. And when your environment is in alignment with your mindset, that's when the shift happens. So you want to be happy, but your uh, environment is telling a different story. Hey friends, and welcome to the Girl Means Business podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a photographer and educator on a mission to help you find your passion, power, and purpose through entrepreneurship. So let's jump right into today's episode because this girl means business. Hey guys, welcome back to another week here on the Girl Means Business podcast. I am so glad you are here this week. We have a really exciting guest today. One of the reasons that I love doing this podcast is because it's a way for me to continue learning new things as well. As much as I love sharing information with the rest of you, I'm a student at heart too, and I just love, love, love getting to step outside of my own realm of knowledge, my own sphere of influence, and find people who are doing things that I've never even heard of before most of the time, and today's guest is definitely one of those. Today, I'm chatting with Menaz Khan. She's a color psychologist. She specializes in color psychology. She's an artist, and she is empowering moms and women who love decorating and shopping to design a home that looks beautiful and put together so that they can transform their life by living in a space that is nurturing and supports their well-being and their happiness by using the power of colors. Now, You may be thinking, well, I remember back to art class in high school and learning about complementary colors and learning about, you know, which colors work well together. And that's pretty much the extent of what I knew when it came to how colors work. And a lot of times I, you'll hear me say this in the interview, when it came to decorating my home or decorating the space that I, that I work in, I really just went off of what. I liked. I would go into the paint store, I would look through all the little paint samples, and I would choose whichever colors I was drawn to. I never gave thought to how those colors were affecting me emotionally and mentally and just making me feel overall the energy they were giving off. And so today's conversation was really fun for me because I got to become a student and you'll hear the questions I'm asking are genuine I just really want to understand this better because it was so new and exciting to me. So hopefully you learned something really exciting as well. All right, so let's get to my interview with Manaz Khan. All right, guys, I am here with Manaz. She is going to share with us today about color psychology. I'm super excited to chat with you today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Kendra. Thanks. Well, I'm excited to dive into this, but first I want to hear about who you are. Um, So tell us your story. Tell us kind of the journey that got you to where you are today. Sure. So I'm an artist and uh, a color psychology specialist, and I help my clients design interiors based on the principles of color psychology. So it's all about being very purposeful and very conscious of your choices and not looking at color as mere decoration. And um, how I got into this business, 
Um, you know, I had my oldest son 12 years ago and I was into this new relationship. So my marriage was an arranged marriage. So that was, I was still settling with my husband and then I had this new baby and we were in a very different uh, place away from my parents. We were actually in Buffalo, New York. So if you know anything about that place, it's extremely, uh, climate is extremely depressing, cold, eight months are really cold. So I went through a lot of seasonal depression. And um, to be exact, I went through seasonal depression for eight years and I had no clue. Um, so eventually, when I got back into painting and all this, these years I was not painting, I kept myself away from painting. Uh, when I got back into painting, I learned that it was colors that changed the way I felt and art in my space and anything you know that goes on the vert vertical space always helps you since it's on eye level. And that changed my life. And then I wanted to help other women because I'm seeing all my friends and all the women going through this. How do you manage your kids and husband? You're trying to be this really great mom, but you have anxiety and so much going on. So this is how I started this business. I love that. So I, I've never really heard the term color psychology, but it, the idea behind it, I think makes perfect sense because where I, you know, where I am here in the Dallas area, like the seasonal disorder, not so much just because we have, our weather is so roller coaster that like you'd be on up and down all the time. But for me, it's always been, and I think this goes back to like when I was teaching in the classroom, you know, you walk into these classrooms as a blank slate most of the time and it's, everything is neutral. Everything is like neutral colors. The carpet's neutral. The walls are neutral. The cabinets are neutral. And I know a lot of people that would walk into that and get so excited, like, oh, I can create whatever I want. And I would walk in and feel like this tightness in my chest and like this pit in my stomach. And I'm just like, oh, I hate this. Like, I hate that feeling. I never understood what it was until I was able to add my own color and details to it. So when I was kind of listening to you talk about what it is a little bit, I was like, oh, this makes perfect sense. I'm excited to kind of dive in a little more and learn more about it. So tell us exactly like, color psychology, how does it work? What exactly is it? And like, how does it, yeah, how does it work? <laughs> Definitely. Of course, it's my favorite topic to talk about. <laughs> so let's look at the definition of color psychology. It is the study of how colors, they influence or trigger emotions, feelings, thoughts, and actions in your mind and your body. And all that you just mentioned when you entered the room and uh, whatever you felt, that was color, basically psychology of the color. So color psychology works on a very uh, unconscious level, but everybody feels it and it's universally the same. Now, what happens is when you look at an object, it, you know, in a way you can say technically there is no such thing as color. Color is a phenomenon, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, when you look at an object, it reflects light back into your eye and your eye sends those uh, neurotransmitted pulses to your brain and your brain processes is at a certain color. And all of this happens in that part of the brain, which is called the hypothalamus, where our emotions are processed, our hormones, metabolism, the entire uh, endocrine system. So that is why when the brain processes a color, it triggers an emotion. And this is why every color triggers a different emotion because every color is a very different wavelength of light. And depending on what number was sent to your brain, it's going to trigger that emotion. And um, something like neutral. Uh, I'm a little bit against the neutral <laughs> concept. <laughs> and it's because neutral, 
you know, there's in color psychology, we can say there's nothing really neutral. Everything has an effect. Is it white? It's gray. It's all the colors that we call neutral. They have a certain, they trigger certain emotions. So they're going to do that. But what's the not so good thing about it? As human beings, we don't live in one state of emotion. We are throughout the day, we're happy sometimes. We're very, we get very excited. We're sad. We have different feelings going on. So you should not be living in one state of emotion. So you should have a balance of the entire visible uh, color spectrum. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just like soaking this all in. I'm like thinking, and as you're talking, I'm like going through things in my head of like where I spend my time during the day, obviously now being my home pretty much 99% of the time. And I'm like going through each room going, what colors are in these rooms? Like even as you're talking right now. So I, I, yeah, I'm super interested in, in learning more about this. So tell me, okay, I do have a quick question. We talk about like the color, like, um, you know, it reflects back. Do people see most colors the same way or are they seeing them and be, and responding to them in different ways? Okay. That's a very interesting question. So, um, First thing I want to say, there are color deficient people. So there are different colors, type of color deficiency. So that's a completely different topic, right? And I like to use the example of um, medicine. So there are medicines for some sort of disease or problem you have, but it works in a different way. So similarly, colors pretty much we see it around the same way, but it will be a little bit different. And... um, just like you would need a nutritionist in your life. I mean, you know, your food is important, but you still need a nutritionist or a health coach to help you because your body works differently. That's where you need a color psychology specialist to exactly figure out what tones. I mean, I say blue, but which blue? I'm talking about the dark blues. Okay, then there's so many tones and dark blues. Which dark blue is the best for you? So we work through an entire process to individualize it. So it's specifically for your archetype and it suits your personality and the kind of person you are and the way you use your space and everything. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee, no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So what about like in my household alone, there's four of us. So it's my husband, I, and our two daughters. So how do you like knowing then what you just said about each person kind of has their own specific like version of blue that Uh is best for them. How do you create color in your home then that is for multiple people using the same space? 
Okay, that's where it becomes really tricky, right? So uh, let's say we're designing a space for you and your husband. So of course, there's something common between the two of you, right? Since you're living together, you have spent so many years together. So we have to find out those factors. We're going to study your personality, your archetype, your husband's archetype, and then we're going to see what's uh, common. And we also see like your office space is a space what you use mostly. So Mm -hmm. that could be completely your space and we can uh, not consider his personality. Then we can go into the living room and we can combine, we can see who is ready to compromise, where we can have the compromises. And then we could give him another space where he could go and spend more time. So he is more comfortable. He's getting his thing also. But in the living room, you guys have found out that mid ground. And similarly, we'll include the kids. Yeah. Okay. So it's more than just like these colors appeal to me. There's something that that color does to you, like psychologically, mentally, that helps you feel a certain way. Like, can you give us some examples of how that works? So um, colors appeal to you um, makes us think that color is very subjective, right? So there's always a reason behind your color choice. And it's either one of the three. It's either your personal association. So some color which bring back maybe some childhood memories. A lot of people, for a lot of people, it's like their uniform color. If they did not have a good time at school, every time they see that color, it's gonna, they're going to say, I don't like it. They might not be thinking about it. They might not know about it, but they just have that um, rejection towards the color. Mm-hmm. So that's called personal association. And uh, maybe you went to some nice um, vacation, and when you look at those colors, it reminds you of those happy times, something related to your childhood. Then we have color uh, symbolism, which is color and culture. So this is also really important, you know, uh, since I'm originally South Asian, if somebody's talking to me, you have to know where I come from because uh, maybe that culture had a different um, representation of a color. And if you're using it differently, uh, I'm not going to be happy with it. So we have to keep that in mind. That could be your um, attraction to the color. An example would be, in the U- United States, brides wear white on their wedding day. Mm-hmm. In a country like India, um, the widow wears white. So if, you know, okay. we, you don't want to mix those things yeah. up. So that, that's what you might see when you see a bride and like, oh my God, a bride, an Indian person sees a bride, like bride, they'll have a heart attack, right? <laughs> so that's your um, cultural association. And then the third thing, which is your, at the unconscious level is your, uh, uh, color psychology. And like you were mentioning, you, you felt these things. So psychologically, it's going to work for everybody, but it's unconscious. So you don't know about it. And that's where the emotions are coming from. So when we, um, when I work with the client, we have to figure all that out. If they have uh, a rejection towards the color, why is it so? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cause I never thought about even going back as far as like childhood because I when you mentioned the school uniform thing in elementary school I did I went to a private school where we had to wear like navy blue and this like red I don't even know it it wasn't like it was almost like a burgundy red and when I see those colors separately it's fine but when I see them together I'm just like oh (laughs) and not that I hated my childhood school it was great but it was just the fact that like the uniform and the being forced to do something you know wear a certain uniform and look a certain way. Um, so that's interesting that it can even go back that far. 
Yes. Kendra, uh, you pointed out a really important thing. We don't see color in isolation, right? We see colors together. So color scheme coming together is really important. And the best way to understand this is when you're reading a book or reading on your screen, you, you don't, you're not able to read because it's written in black. You're able to read because it's written on the white surface. Okay. So it's completely, you know, if it was on yeah. a black surface, you'll never be able to read it. So it's a whole package that you have to consider. And that's why those, both of those colors together um, are creating a problem or whatever emotions they bring back, memories yeah. they bring back. That's, yeah, because I'd never, yeah, like when you combining colors, it kind of changes how you feel about those colors sometimes. Like for me, like I love blues and different shades of kind of blues and turquoises. They feel very calming to me. But if you add them in next to like the reds or even like a brown, it changes how I feel about that color a little bit. So that's interesting. Sure. That's, I love that. Sure. So yes, um, you never see color in isolation. Yeah. And of course, uh, the context you're using color is equally important. So t- like you mentioned, turquoise, it's going to work greatly in some spaces, but not everywhere. So that is really important. And that is something we commonly see that people have forgotten about. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about like color in your space. So for example, um, let's just say my office space here right now, my walls are very neutral, kind of a cream color. I do have a little bit of color mixed in just with random things I have around here. But if I, like, if this is the space that I'm working in, this is a space where I want to feel creative and excited and focused. Like, how do you go about figuring out what colors to put into a space? Okay. So if you really want to focus in your office space and build concentration, a saturated blue uh, is, so blue is the color of the mind. It's the color of the intellect. It always triggers a mental response, whether whatever tone of blue it is. But dark blues, they are more stimulating, so they will help you build focus and concentration. Now, for me, I paint, so I like to keep my uh, walls blank because I'm just producing a lot of color in my paintings, and so they, that's what adds the color to it. And um, my studio had a lot of pink in it because I do a lot of pink paintings, and red basically is the color of the physical body. So uh, pink is a derivative of red, so Mm -hmm. light pink is physically soothing, whereas a dark pink, which would be a magenta or a hot pink or any saturated reds would be physically stimulating. And you can definitely note down this if next time you're in a space where there's a lot of red, uh, you will start, for some time you could be okay, but over time you'll feel aggressive. Uh, The conversations can be really heated conversations because it's physically stimulating and that's what happens. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, photographers, are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides, trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance, but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, 
classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passion, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. Hey guys, I want to take a really short break from today's incredible interview to tell you about a new tool I've created just for you. How many times have you downloaded or purchased a marketing plan or template from another boss babe only to find it really doesn't work within your business and you feel frustrated and you feel defeated because if it worked for her, why didn't it work for you? The problem is no two businesses are designed the same because our unique personalities determine how we market our business. So I've created the Boss Babe Personality Quiz to help you decide and determine what your unique personality type is and to give you a free marketing plan based on your strengths, your weaknesses, and the things you should be putting into your business and your marketing based on your personality type. So if you head over to girlmeansbusiness.com forward slash Boss Babe Quiz, you can take the short little quiz, get your personality type, and download your unique marketing guide. Again, that's girlmeansbusiness.com forward slash boss babe quiz and find your boss babe personality today. All right, guys, back to the show. Kind of going back to the idea of colors, not in isolation. So if, when you're thinking about like the colors within your space, obviously, like you said, blue stimulates the mind. I'm looking at like my background on my computer screen, it's blue. And I, it's one of the things like I just instantly like triggers in my head, like, okay, this is my workspace. This is what I'm doing here. But when you're thinking about like a room, obviously, like if I, whether I paint my walls blue or I have blue artwork on the walls, there's going to be other colors thrown in. So how do you find a balance of what, is it things that visually appeal to you as well? Or is it need to be more like physically and emotionally appeal? Like how do you find those colors that kind of go together? So definitely it's going to be all of it connected, but in terms of colors, you want to balance the wavelength. So you want to use some a longer wavelength and you want to use some shorter wavelengths. So blue is towards the shorter wavelength and then red is the longest wavelength. So that's okay. how you maintain that balance. Interesting. Okay, cool. So <laughs> no, I, that, I didn't even think about like wavelengths with colors. This is also like <laughs> new to it's me. All, I should have paid attention to school. That's where it starts. <laughs> yeah. That's where it all starts and it's all about the wavelength. And this is why my entire focus on my Instagram, I'll always like, don't see color as mere decoration because it is not. It is way more than that. And it's the game of, it's all science behind it. It's not decoration at all. No, but I, that's what's so intriguing to me is I love anything that, that has the science behind it. Because again, like I don't, I don't like feeling like I'm just randomly picking things. Like when sure. I go into, let's say Target, I don't want to feel like I'm just randomly like grabbing throw pillows or you know, artwork or whatever, I want it to have some sort of purpose behind it. So this is really interesting because it gives 
the things that I'm looking at purpose. And it, it's, yes. so let's take that example. Let's say you're, you're walking through the aisles of target when we can go back into target again. Um, and we're perusing the aisles and we're looking at throw pillows. Should you, when you're looking at those, obviously there are certain colors that are going to st- stand out as like, those are the ones that appeal to you. Do we listen to that voice of this is what appeals to me or should we focus more on, this is how I want to feel in the space, or is it some, a little bit of both? So you will do some homework in advance. So when I give my, I give my clients color palettes. So when we start talking, we talk about the way they want to feel again, the mood, the emotions, but what's more important is behaviors in that particular space. And then I match a color to what they want, the activities they want to perform and the behaviors. So they already have this color palette. So this is a homework you'll do in advance. So next time when you're shopping, you know that what this color is going to bring to your space. When you're in the store, you're going to like, like a lot of things, but when you bring them back, okay, this is not the same color. It's not how I felt about it in the store because it's all, it's your space, right? All of the other colors in your space are affecting that color. So people talk about um, paint in the paint store. Uh, bring it back home, do a swatch, the light is going to be different. That's fine. That, that, that's true that the light is going to be different and the light is going to make your colors look different. But it's not just the light. It's the other things in your space. That also affects the color. So uh, you're going to like everything in the store and it just looks <laughs> different. Um, but when you're at home, uh, you know, do your homework. You shouldn't be knowing your colors, how they make you feel. Uh, and then uh, it's just going to be easier. So your shopping is going to be very focused after that. And so my shopping is very focused. I know what I want. I know what I don't want. And I don't care about it. So even when I give my clients uh, color palettes, they just have the color palette. They can have a printout in their uh, purse or something. And they don't have to decorate the entire space at one time. Whenever they go shopping, they can match it. Okay, is this going to work? Or is it a different tone? Um, yeah. Okay. That just like totally transformed my, my idea of like how I'm going to shop from now because I, so I have this theory kind of in business and the theory is this, I call it shiny things syndrome. And it's basically uh-huh. where, you know, we see it all the time on social media, you're scrolling through and you see all of these really cool workshops or courses or download this, buy this, get this. I can do this for you. And we get so like off track that we're, we lose focus on what we're supposed to be doing, or even just sitting down and okay, I'm going to do this one task. I'm going to schedule out my social media posts for the week. And then the next thing you know, 30 minutes have gone by and you've gone down a rabbit hole of something else. And so I've never applied that to shopping though. Like you do, when you go into it with a purpose and you're like, okay, I'm looking for a a focus, this specific color palette, these specific items, you're able to block out all of the shiny things, which is not what the stores probably want you to do, but... (laughs) (laughs) Your life is going to be so much easy. I am yeah. also big against trends because that's what trends are. Trends are all about marketing. It, that's it. Nothing else. It's just marketing because that's how they make money, right? Yeah. But when you are focused. And another thing, which is a little different from color psychology, but I do talk about it um, with my clients and on uh, my social media also, is us human beings crave change, okay? So when we are in target we're not understanding what's going on in our body. We need that change and we pick up something new and then bring it and then it doesn't work or whatever, we keep it. And then we go next week. So many times I hear clients telling me every week they go to Target and they buy bring something new. So change, if you are again conscious about it, you know that's that's what you're craving. You can just even rotate things in your own space 
uh, like you have a piece of artwork in your living room, move it to another wall because we get so used to it mm-hmm. subconsciously. Uh, it, we don't see the value of that thing. That's just like driving your kids to school. Sometimes I'm like, when did I get here? I don't even remember driving, yeah. right? So you don't focus that beautiful artwork that you had on the wall anymore. Just change the position of those things. And it will, again, become valuable to you. It's all about being conscious. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That Yeah. I love that idea. And I was just thinking too, like I'm the type of person that I have sort of, um, I don't know the term for it, but like I... I call it commitment issues when it comes to decorating, but really it's just a matter of there's so many choices that when I walk into a target or when I go into like home goods or one of those places where there's just so many things. And I do, I exactly what you said your clients do is they walk in and you see all the things that are pretty and shiny and that you're drawn to. And then I get overwhelmed and I end up buying nothing because I'm like, okay, I came in here looking for some throw pillows for the couch and I left with five things I didn't intend to get, but I didn't get the throw pillows because I went down that aisle and it was so overwhelming that I think this could help give me focus on like, okay, now I'm on a mission. I'm looking for something in this color scheme that's going to go here. That's that's this size or whatever. Having that focus can not only help you make a decision, but help you kind of overcome sort of the paralysis of having so many choices. That's true. That's true. Um, that's going to be life changing. And uh, it just doesn't stop there. When I work with clients, it's just not the colors I give them. I give them the shapes, the textures. Mm. So again, depending on the archetype, are the um, more square pieces are more appealing to them or curves, busy patterns or florals or geometric patterns. So everything is in there. What textures, uh, materials, finishes, everything is in there. That's amazing. Oh my, I didn't realize like, your life so much easier. I know. And it, and I never even thought about how much that goes in, but I even just like kind of in my, you know, in my mind, I'm mentally kind of walking through my home and thinking like, there are certain things that I don't love in my home. And I can probably already tell you, like, after listening to this going, oh, it's either the color, it's the texture, or like, I don't, I don't love, um, hard lines. I like softer edges. They don't have to be curved necessarily, but I just love like, something that has sort of a gentle slope to it or, Uh you know, and my husband likes the more hard edges. And so we've had to, you know, we had to have a mix of both. And every time I see those things, I'm just like, Oh, that's not, that's not me. But (laughs) anyway, it's just interesting to kind of, after listening to you kind of go through my mind of what's in my home and what's in my different spaces. And it's very practical. It's where we live every day. And then again, with COVID going on and, you know, we're adapting to this new lifestyle change where we all know we're going to be home more often and who knows when the kids are going to go back to school and everything. <laughs> so it's all about using the overall concept is about using your environment, uh, making sure the environment is nurturing and it supports your well-being, supports your happiness. So it's all mm-hmm. conscious decisions. And you know that decisions are going to help you uh, be a better person or just be happier in life. And um, okay, I wanted to say something. Which- <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It happens. No, I'll say too, I think part of what has helped make this even more important is the fact that we're all home so much more now. And I think a lot of people are looking at their home who have, you know, who were busy, so busy with jobs outside the home and kids activities, whether it's school, sports, you know, dance classes, anything that we were 
away from home so much that we didn't give a whole lot of thought to our spaces. And now that we we're spending time, more time, yeah, we want to make sure their spaces. Like I know for me, of course I work from home, so I'm home a lot, but I want to make a space. I want my home to be someplace that I come home to. And I just, am like, oh, I can breathe. Like, I don't want it to feel, I want it to feel comfortable and welcoming and relaxing. Sure. And I think a lot of people are realizing in this being home more that their spaces aren't designed for that right now. And they mm-hmm. need, they need the help to help them get there. So, yes, yes. So re- research shows us that we still spend 90% of our lives at home, even, you know, with all these taking the kids out and doing these activities, but because we were getting the change in ambience, so we were kind of okay with that, mm-hmm. but happiness still starts at home. And, uh, what I wanted to say, now I remember it, <laughs> it was about using, so the law of attraction has three parts to it, okay? We know about the mindset. Everybody talks about it. And right now people are talking about it more. You need to have that mindset. But the mindset does not work if your environment is not supporting. So the third part of law of attraction is, first is mindset, second is destiny, and the third is your surroundings, your environment. And when your environment is in alignment with your mindset, that's when the shift happens. So you want to be happy, but your uh, environment is telling a different stories. It's dull, boring, depressing, like I was years ago, 12 years ago. It was completely opposite. So they were not in alignment. And this works also as an external motivation factor because we all know that internally it's next impossible to motivate you. <laughs> so your environment is already, you know, it's, it's all those happy colors. It's all those happy objects. It's telling you that happy story. So that mindset shift becomes easier. Interesting. Okay. I love all this like science behind it and the and the the idea behind it so much more than just color. So that's yes, it's not just like plain interior design and I'm yeah. gonna do this because I like this. Interior designers, I mean, I have nothing against interior designers right, yeah. just putting out there. Um, they have a certain style and that's what attracts people. So I will work with all sort of different personalities because we're gonna do exactly what they need. It's not about me. And the reasoning and science is really important to me. Um, I have a IT background. So even though I'm painting now and I have a completely different creative career, I went to school to study IT, computer science. I have a bachelor's in computer science, a master's in computer science. I have a very analytical brain mm-hmm. and it has to know what is the reasoning behind everything. And if, if I don't know, then I just can't talk about it. Yeah. Or, um, it has to be really substantial for me. So can I switch gears really quick? Because I want to take this idea, which I think is genius, and kind of apply it to business for a second. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I teach a little course on branding and how to get your, like create a brand that stands out. And one of the things I touch on very briefly is just choosing sort of your brand colors and the things like the color scheme that's going to represent your brand, whether it's your, in your logo or on your website or kind of the underlying colors in your social media. So can these same concepts apply to that as well? They do. Yes. Okay. So then in that case, my question would be, do the colors you choose, obviously, I guess it kind of goes both ways, but should it be more about what's going to appeal to your ideal client or should it be more about what appeals to you as the business owner or both? So I'm going to say, uh, it should appeal to you because then you're going to be excited about it. Right. But it should appeal to your ideal client. If it doesn't, it's not going to attract them. So the right. color scheme is uh, completely something different. Uh, it's not going to bring the clients in. But when business owners like you and me, we usually uh, 
we show our own personalities and that's what's uh, attractive right now. So it's going to be like who you are and that's the kind of people you are attracting generally. That just makes it easier. But if we look at bigger brands, it's a whole brand, it's a whole company. So people in those brands will have to behave the way the brand is represented by its culture. And colors are so important when it comes to branding. Now, I don't do this stuff, but I want to put it out there because somebody once told me, oh, what you do is fluff. Colors is the first thing that our brain recognizes, our brain remembers. So definitely when you're branding, concentrate on your colors. That's the first thing. Before shapes, before we read words, we recognize colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. The, uh, like you mentioned, your husband is attracted to more um, sharp corners and squared shapes and you like oval shapes. So that's also going to attract your client. So be careful about what fonts you're choosing, how mm-hmm. cursive they are or how structured they are, and then other shapes that you're choosing in your branding. Wow. That's interesting. I didn't even thought about like the shape of the the fonts and stuff that you use, but that makes a lot of sense because yeah, like I, I started becoming very aware when I started learning about branding and, and what, what appeals, especially when I learned about like ideal client and recognizing whether or not I'm somebody's ideal client. Cause I love watching commercials okay. or like coming to different people's websites and usually I can tell pretty quickly, like, okay, this is not, they're not appealing to me. Like I'm not their ideal client or or if I am. And I, a while back, I did a big like website review where people could send me their websites and I would do like a quick little video review for them. And there were several websites I would go to where immediately the colors, I was just like, oh no, I'm not interested. Like as somebody reviewing it, that's fine. If these are the colors that their ideal client likes, but it was really easy for me to see like, this is not for me. And then Mm -hmm. there'd be some websites that would pop up and be like, oh, I really love something. Sometimes it was an intangible thing. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. But when I look back now and after talking to you, I'm like, oh, it might've been the colors that they had, the underlying colors they had in all of their images or their graphics or their logo or their fonts and things like that. It's interesting how all of it ties together Mm -hmm. and how quickly we judge a brand based on something that Correct. seems so, you know, quote unquote trivial when it's really Super not. important. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's how we make our first decision. So it becomes really hard when you're reviewing these websites, you want to be that neutral person that it's mm-hmm. okay. Somebody else is attracted to that. And it becomes really hard for me also. Like this is not a color I like, but my client likes it. So I need to find out why do they like it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how do we go about, so just in general with colors, like I know you can go online, you can find things that are like red, you know, does this and blue does this and green does this. Is that something that's like somewhat gen- like sort of not generic, I guess, but very basic when it comes to color psychology or do we need to like dive in deeper? Like I'm thinking about like whether it's in my space here or like we talked about the brand colors. If someone's just listening to this and going, oh, I didn't even think about that. I want to make sure my brand colors convey a certain feeling to my clients what's the easiest way for them to figure out the colors that are most appealing to somebody emotionally? Okay. So I wish I could answer that in one word or a sentence. (laughs) You have to go so much in detail because like we spoke blue tones of blue, aqua, turquoise, navy blue, sky blue, duck egg blue. These are all different tones. They have undertones and their base colors such as they would be either yellow based or blue based, and then they're going to have gray or black in it. So it's going to appeal to very different people. Um, it's like, it's not a one word answer. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. No, that makes sense. So it's more something like you kind of have to 
to research a little bit and figure out a little more. Yes. And then uh, see what's really attracting you. Think about it. If this is attracting you and because, you know, as a small business, you're attracting people based on your personality. So what's attracting you and how does it make you feel? Now, I do want to warn people have to be really careful when they're uh, searching, Googling color psychology. There isn't a lot of data out there. So if you're working with someone or you're reading somebody's article, you want to make sure that you know that they are a color psychology expert. Okay. A lot of time, color symbolism is uh, misunderstood with color psychology. And an example of that is, you might have heard about this. Uh, this is what I commonly hear is, um, purple is royal. Mm-hmm. So people think that it's the psychological effect of purple. It is not. It is a color in culture, color and symbolism kind of thing. Okay. So basically, uh, back in time, the pigment that creates purple or violet, which is the right name, uh, was a very expensive pigment. So only a certain class or the royals could afford it. So that's how it became the color to the royals. So it's a color and culture thing, not the psychological meaning of the color. So you have to be really careful what resources you're looking at. Uh, there's a lot of mixed things out there. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, cause I had heard that and things like, um, what was another one I heard something like, well, I think black is supposed to represent elegance, which I was like, I don't know. I mean, I guess it can in some contexts, but maybe not always. And black does every color has a, a, a positive trait and a negative trait, but why you are feeling black that way for black is because it's not in your archetype. So, you know, talking to you and the choices that you have just told me about, it's not in your architect. I'm sure your husband is attracted to it. Find out with him <laughs> if he likes black, okay? So it, it, it will represent elegant, but uh, again, in that particular brand, such as Chanel, mm-hmm. um, that's what it is for Chanel, but somebody else, um, uh, let's say, what? Lego using black mm-hmm. is not going to attract the client. So yeah. um, okay. it's where you're using it, what archetype, what personality. Interesting. Oh my gosh. I feel like there's so much I like want to know <laughs> more about that. <laughs> I'm like, I could talk to you forever about this. This is so interesting. Okay. So you do have a free e-guide that people can download. So tell us a little bit about what it is and then I'll have a link to it so they can download it so they can grab that. But what's in it? Definitely. I think it's a very interesting thing because it's, it will give you a quick idea of what colors you should be using in a space, such as uh, you should not be using a dark blue in your space. Use it in your office but use a light blue in your, um, sorry, bedroom. Okay. So it's going to give you that little bit idea. You have to find out the specific tone of uh, blue, light blue you need. But light blues, uh, like I mentioned earlier, mentally soothing. So they help you relax, you know, help the mind relax and actually aid in sleeping better. Oh, nice. Interesting. Okay. Um, Yeah. So I'll definitely, I'll have a link to that. How else can people find you, follow you, get to know more about what you're doing? Yeah, it's Menascon Studio on Instagram, on Facebook, and on my website. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I was looking at your Instagram the other day. Your artwork is really amazing. I love it too. All the Thank pinks you. and stuff. It's so pretty. Thank you so um, much. Okay, so my last question I have for you is one I ask a lot. So if you had a friend that came to you and said, okay, I have this idea for a business, or I want to try something new and creative, what would be your number one piece of advice you would give? Well, do it. If you're passionate about it, do it. So like I was mentioning, uh, ever since ninth grade, I was a pre-engineering student. I studied computer science. I have a bachelor's of science in computer science. I have a master's of science in computer science. And I have an MBA. 
And then one fine day, I decided I don't want to do any of this. No more IT, no more programming, no more software. I want to do this. So it's completely opposite side. And I love it. Of course, when you are starting a business, the first few years are difficult. You're learning a lot. Uh, and that's fine. That's fine. Don't be discouraged by that. Never be discouraged by that. If you're passionate about it and you are excited waking up every morning to do that thing, go ahead and do it. And it's just so satisfying. I love it. So quick question. Um, you mentioned like your IT background. Did you always though enjoy art as a kid too? Or was that something that came later in life? I'm just curious. I did. I did. When I go back, uh, look back in time, I did. And I used to experiment a lot, do a lot of things, but I never thought about having it as a career. Yeah. That's so fun. I love that it's such a contrast too, because a lot of times people think either you're analytical and kind of te- you know, tech-based in your brain or you're scientific in your brain or you're artsy and creative. But I love <laughs> that you kind of have both because you I think- You can have both, yeah. Yeah, and the color psychology, I think that's like a perfect blend. I love it when those two worlds kind of blend together because- it is. It's so It's so unique and it's so cool. I'm so glad that you Thanks. decided to kind of pursue that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I always say, like I tell my kids, it's cooking. It's scientific, okay? You need to know what's working yeah. and that that's not how it works. So I think everything does. You just have to see both perspective and that's how people will eventually value these things more mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, I don't know, but yes, it can work together. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I really appreciate it. This has been super interesting and I would love to chat with you again some other time and kind of follow up. Maybe I'll redo my office and let you tell me what you think. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. We'll have a wonderful day and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much to my Naz for taking time to share that information with us. It was really, really interesting. Again, I just, I love getting to learn something that I had no idea was even a thing. So that was really fun. I hope you got a lot out of that as well. Thank you again for tuning in this week. And don't forget to go take the Boss Babe personality quiz that I mentioned earlier in the show. Again, you can find that at girlmeansbusiness.com forward slash boss babe quiz and determine your unique personality style and download your free marketing plan. That marketing plan is gonna give you tons of ideas of how you can grow your business using your personality strengths. So head over to girlmeansbusiness.com forward slash boss babe quiz or just click the link in the show notes. I'll make sure it is down there for you ready to go. All right, ladies, have a wonderful, wonderful week. I will see you back here next week, same time, same place.